Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, they just keep coming. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 43 of the Bolts Broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Croshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Wednesday evening? I'm definitely chilling, you know. Just here, excited, ready to record a pod. There's a lot to talk about. It's all within the same category, but it's been a hectic few days for the NHL, so I'm pretty excited. How are we doing? Uh, well, oh, there we go. Cracking a beer. Because uh, 70 degrees down here. In, That's cool. Awesome. Thanks. Indianapolis. I had the yeah. sunroof uh, open, down, up. You, you had the sunroof, lost in your favorite view. You only had one thing on your mind. Yeah. And then all the windows down, country music. I was having a great time. Um, and then I, I would also like to say that the beer is partially for work as well, but can't talk about that on the show kind of confidential information and just in case anyone uh any any of the true supporters that I work with are listening um can't really talk about what happened today but it was a wild one so two reasons for a nice ice cold beverage and uh I am pumped to get talking today because holy crap trades have gotten out of control it feels like the first time we've ever seen this in the NHL outside of a specific day every single year. Like when was the last time that we had a two-month span, maybe it's only been a month, month span where we've just had unlimited trades? Well, as of like the day before yesterday, I think it was, or maybe even early yesterday, like the NHL set the record for most trades in the week leading up to a trade deadline and it just keeps on coming. So this legitimately is, is the most action packed that we've had. Like that's, that's not an exaggeration. Like legitimately is. It's been fantastic. And we're going to be talking about a lot, if not all, which I mean, there's been some minor moves. So maybe we won't talk about all of them, but we are going to be we talking can rip through some minor ones, just list them and then move on. Yeah. We are going to be talking a lot of trades on the back half of the show, but we do have to start with one specific trade and that's with the bolts because last episode we told you guys that Tanner Janot was on the radar for old GM Breeze Bois. He goes out, gets the deal done. 
Yeah, so I know what people are thinking. Oh, that's a lot to give up. That is a lot to give up. I do agree. As for Tanner to know, the Tampa Lightning gave up Kale Foot, a third, fourth, fifth round, fifth round pick, the 2023 draft, second round pick of the 2024 draft, and a protected 2025 first round pick. Yes, it is a lot to give up. I understand. But at the same time, as Breeze Boss said, you know, right now we're in a com- competing window. What are the odds of one of these draft picks that we're using becoming an impact player for us while our veterans are still here? The odds are clo- close to zero. So I, I can I can get that, go out there and get a guy that helps you. But I, I mean, you've seen some of these other trades. You would think that they could get someone like better for for the price they gave up. Honestly, um, like Patrick Kane, I know he had a lot of control, but he kind of went for nothing. I mean, there's just a lot of guys out there that could have been had that I that I think would have been better fits at that price because I thought the price that they were going to be giving up was significantly less, which is why I was looking forward to it. So if they gave up less for price and got you know, then I would be happy. If they went and gave up the price to get someone more impact, I'd be happy. But at the same time, I understand what Breeze was saying. So it, if it's going to keep the competitive window open longer, then so be it. I agree uh, with you and Breeze Boss saying, you know, keeping the window open now and the draft picks, how are they going to help us now? But I also agree with you in the fact that Ryan O'Reilly went for a first, second, third, Adam Gaudet and Mikhail Bramov. Vladimir Tarasenko went for a conditional first, Sammy Blay, and a fourth. And then Bo Horvat. He did go for a little bit more with Anthony Beauvillier, Aturatu, and a top 12 protected first. But all of these trades are in the same realm of compensation that we gave up for Tanner Janot. So I'm, I'm not sure if the opening offer was too high on our side and, you know, it just went through like this or if Nashville was so high on this guy. But for me, I don't see Tanner Janot as a guy worth that much. And again, I totally understand Breeze Bus thinking there. But Dude, does does he help uh, enough uh, to want to give up that much compensation? I do I I'm sorry, I just like I get another trade update on my phone. It's just it's just crazy how much is going on so hard to keep up. But yes, to piggyback on, on what you're saying, like it's it, it's hard to rationalize if you're looking at just a pure value standpoint. But you got to try to look at it as more than that because the trades that we've done in the past, giving up first round picks for depth guys, led to two cups. So if it leads to a cup, then like you, you pay whatever you get. If it leads to them at least keeping the competitive window open three, four, five years, then again, so be it. Yeah, I just I think the worry sets in because that's. I believe, ex- except for maybe Brandon Hagel, but I believe the deadline-type moves that we've made in the past for Coleman, Gaudreau, Paul, we haven't given up close to this much. Yes, we've given up a single first, but this is a lot more than that. Uh, also, I feel, and please tell me if you disagree, but I don't feel that Tanner Janot is an upgrade over those type of guys and I just don't think we'll get any meaningful production out of him because last year he broke out, 
but he was shooting at 19%. Yeah, no shot. He's repeating that. So right now I think he only has like three or four goals on the season. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, it's – I understand. And, you know, I, I think it's possible that he can I, – I think he will bounce back and get – you know, start producing more offense because like it's really not a fluke when you do it like that. It's very rare that it is. Um, if you can at least score at a decent rate, yeah, the shooting percentage, <laughs> excuse me, it's a little inflated, but still, like he's got ability and he's got grit. He should help out, and if he ends up scoring more here, then you know uh, that that'll make you feel a little better. Yeah, and I was talking to Chase earlier today um, through Snapchat, and I don't mean for this to be a negative show, but. Also, another reason that kind of worries me with the Tanner Janot trade is this is the most competition Tampa's seen since they started to go on this nice three-year stretch. Obviously, a great two-cup repeat, and then we fell in the finals last year. But when you take a look at just the Eastern Conference alone, the competition is really good. And all of them have been bulking up. You see the Leafs go out and get the likes of Ryan O'Reilly. The Bruins get Dimitri Orlov. The Rangers get Patty Kane. The Devils getting Timo Meyer. These teams are good. Hey, hey, And they're hey, getting hey. better. You're ruining our later segment to the show by spoiling some trades that people definitely haven't seen yet. Oh, okay. My bad. But with, just kidding, go ahead. with that being said, this is going to be the hardest playoff run Tampa will ever have. And... I just don't know if Tanner Janot is the one that makes us that number one team in the East and makes us that number one team in the entire league. And to give up that much compensation for a guy that is not that, in my opinion, is is a little worrisome. And I said the same exact thing about Blake Coleman and Barclay Gaudreau, and they proved me wrong and went on to win two cups. And I'm hoping that that same exact thing happens with this rant I'm having right now, but I'm just putting it out there. Those are my worries at this moment. And I, I understand. I, I, I do it. I told you that like, it's, it's a fair point, but same time I, I questioned in the past couple of years, are they, they struggled. Are they going to be able to succeed? And I still, I'm still going to put, you know, my faith in the system. They were over there, put my faith in John Cooper um, because they, you know, sometimes succeeded when I didn't think they were going to, so going to continue to have that faith, even though the East is so strong. I'm going to support my boys and still believe in them, even if it you know causes a little more understanding, um, a little more of an understanding. I don't know how to word this. A bit. I don't know. You know what? You know what I'm saying. I give up. <laughs> and I do got to say, the one thing with all these trades having the East bulking up, whereas the West they're really falling down. It's going to make the West scary in the next couple of years. Five years down the line, the West will probably hold 70% of the top five, top 10 picks over the next five years. Down the line, they're going to be scary good teams over there in the West. But as of now, we can enjoy it in the East. Um, Chase, let's head over to some action with the Tampa Bay Lightning. We got one game to look back on, three games to look forward to, and then we'll talk some more trades after the break. But we got to start with another negative Nelly as we go up against the or we go up against the Panthers, excuse me, and the Lightning just not able to hold their weight in this one. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough go. Uh, Tampa kind of got outworked top to bottom. Um, at least Brainpoint was able to break the shutout, 
But Florida looked good. It was good for Anthony Duclair to get back in, in on the score sheet because it's been, you know, been a hell of a season for him. So I'll give, you know, I'll tip my hat to Anthony Duclair on that. But Florida played a strong game. It's going to be kind of Bob's show going forward with, you know, Spencer Knight not being around. I thought he played well. Um, you know, made 20, uh, 29 saves, and it just wasn't, you know, Vasilevsky's best game wasn't his worst game. He faced a lot of shots, um, you know, he c- could have let in, or could have made a couple saves, could have, you know, let in a couple. So it was still a solid effort, not going to fault him. The team in front of him should just played a little better. It is what it is. You know, all you can do at this point is just kind of keep it rolling. Yeah, it's really unfortunate dropping three of our last four, but our next matchup against the Penguins, who we just saw on Sunday, they beat the Rocks off of us. Uh, we're trying to avenge that loss this time around. The Penguins are a good team, but, I mean, when you look up and down the rosters, you look at them on paper, this Tampa team is the better team. Yeah, they they are. And yet you still got Crosby. Yeah, you know, I, I can understand that, but Crosby ain't ish compared to Braden Point. Braden Point is the much better player in NHL history, a much better player now. But in reality, he honestly might be a slightly better player right now. Brain Point is a hell of a guy. Crosby's still good, but deteriorating. Uh, that might be a hot hot topic. Might might you know cause you to be angry since you were a previous diehard Penguins fan. Still have a bit of that fandom in you, but nonetheless, shouldn't you know? It's gonna, it'll be a good game. Don't get me wrong. Penguins have won the last two, but it it should be something that I would expect to go Tampa's way, especially with how they've played in the last few, just kind of dropping them. I'd expect them to come out hot, um, not get completely swept in this season series. Yeah, hoping to get our first win on the board against the Penguins, who uh, right now I believe they're sitting in a wild card spot. So this is potentially a team that we could see in the playoffs. So if we can get a big win over a fellow playoff contending team, that would be absolutely massive for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And then if we can move that over to our next two games as well, that'd be fantastic because March 4th on Saturday – we do have the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres are home, so I wonder if they bring out the Goathead jerseys in this one. I'm pretty sure there's a schedule out there for like when they wear them and don't wear them. I have got no idea, obviously, but I'm pretty sure I saw that somewhere. So hopefully they are, because I would love to see those on my TV screen as much as possible, because like, they're, they're just pieces of art. But as you mentioned, we do head to Buffalo, uh, play game two of a three-over-four-day span, which... It's never easy on the body, and Buffalo is playing well here. Tate Thompson is just having the breakout year of breakout years. You know, this these really these last two seasons, he's just shot up what was the like, NHL rankings, I guess we'll say. And he he's a hard dude to defend. He's so large, he's got such a you know long frame. He's got some legitimate offensive ability. It's gonna be tough to contain, but you know I'm gonna believe in our boys. Um, Ukapek Lukanen has had some struggles this year. Craig Anderson's playing relatively well. Um, you know, compared to his age, don't know who we're going to get. I would assume it's UPL because he still is, in my opinion, the more talented goalie, but hopefully we can kind of continue to throw everything at him and squeeze a few in. Yeah. And this would be a huge win over the Sabres because the Sabres are just on the outside looking in at that playoff wildcard spot. This is a team that could sneak into the playoffs eventually. Um, right now, the only thing holding them back is, is they are letting in too many goals. When you look at goals for, they're fantastic. Sixth in the power play. They're second in goals for per game, which is higher than the Bolts, who sit fourth right now. But then when you look at the penalty kill, they're sitting 31st. When you look at goals against, they're sitting 25th. 
not able to keep the puck out of the net. So this one's going to be a high-scoring one. If I have money left in my DraftKings account, and we'll talk about that a little bit more after the commercial break, but if I do, I'm taking the over on this one. Hell yeah, baby. Take the over. And you're going to have money after your your big win uh, with the New Jersey Devils tonight, so don't worry. I'm sure hoping so. Finally, Sunday night, we've got... No, Sunday afternoon, excuse me. We do have the Carolina Hurricanes, who... Another one of these teams that's been rolling in the East. They went out, made an acquisition, picking up Yessi Pugliarvi out of Edmonton. How can Pugliarvi and the likes of Ajo, who he played with uh, when it came to World Juniors, how can Pugliarvi mesh with this Hurricanes team? I think it's a solid addition. Um, There's a bunch of fins over there, so it's going to make the transition easier. But it, it, it is good because he's this, a guy that who has a lot of talent, especially in the past, but it just hasn't really worked out for him in the NHL. I'm happy he gets to go somewhere else. I wish it would have been, you know, Tampa that we could have done it, done that and seen him, you know, with our own eyes more often. But I think Carolina is a great f- fit for him. Hopefully he can squeeze into that top six, maybe get an all finish line of Teravine and Ajo and Pugliarvi, see what they can do. That'd be pretty cool. I, I expect him to at least be given and legitimate opportunity in scoring roles. If it doesn't work out, you know, he might rely more to have a, to a grind it down defensive role. Yeah. And this team a little bit different than the Sabres as they're one of the best teams in the league when it comes to keeping the puck out of the net, sitting fifth on the PK second and goals against Ranta and Anderson have been solid for, for these guys, a good rotation with these two. Uh, none of them or neither of them are sitting atops the league like Linus Olmark right now but they're getting really solid goaltending out of their rotation, and that's helping them get to that 39-win mark. Yeah, absolutely. They've both been incredibly well, um, you know, combining for 29 wins at the moment. Uh, 15-2-3 for Ranta, 14-5-0 for Freddie Anderson. Both sub-2-5 goals against, both at 9-0-5 or above state percentage. Like That's a great just duo to have. And you have Peter Kachetkov, who's still a very good goalie. There's your number three. You can come up and down and play when needed. So, just the roster as a whole, I, I I think it's very strong. It's it's going to be a hell of a game, and it's just another team that can you know go on a good run for the playoffs. Yeah, it's a big three game stretch for the Bolts. Really hoping to get some good points out of here. If we can take away four, oh, it'd be so sweet to get five or six. But if we can take away four, I think I'll I'll be pretty happy about the run. So a big one. But speaking of big ones, a lot of big trades to talk about after this quick commercial break. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt-in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, you'll get a free bet back. I'm going for the same-game parlay of ball so hard. LaMelo Ball, 20-plus points, 6-plus rebounds, 7-plus assists, 4-plus made threes in today's game against the Miami Heat. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA 
with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. And like Chase mentioned, I've got a big bet on the line tonight. I've got the Devils over the Avs in Colorado. And this is do or die for me. Anyone that's been listening to the show for uh, really since the start of the season, maybe you know 20 episodes in, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, I haven't been the biggest sports better, but I decided, hell, I'm going to throw 20 bucks into an account. And we'll see what we can do. My first bet hit big. I was feeling good. Now we're down to $6 in the account. I've got five on the line tonight with New Jersey. If that doesn't hit, I'm going to be spending that last dollar on something and really hoping to make some money back. Yeah, and like this is this is the problem with sports betting. It says, I feel like, I don't know, this happened to me. My, my first bet I placed... I hit big and was super excited, and then from there, you know, it just, it always just kind of goes down. Um, you, you can always win big, and it, it's always fun winning big. But you know, placing on the big parlays is definitely tough. I know yesterday you rode with me um, on my my ten to ten thousand challenge that I was doing, and ended up not working out, which was a shame. You know, I had one end up getting a one sixty on the line uh, that didn't play through. I was on day four of the challenge, but. Day one starts again today. Hopefully, New Jersey gets this dub over Colorado. You get to keep money in your account, and I get to move on to day two. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. But, Jace, now we got to talk about the big segment of the show that's going to be all the trades that have taken place. And I, I do want to preface this with a little gripe that I have with a lot of the community as well as yourself because right as we hopped on – to the call, you said this is going to be such a boring trade deadline day. It's so annoying with all these trades leading up to it. I understand that, but at the same time, when you look at last year's trade deadline, we had 33 total trades on the trade deadline. In the last 11 days, since the Ryan O'Reilly trade, which really kicked off this just insane amount of trading, we've had 32 trades. We've nearly matched what we got last trade deadline. And since our last recording, we've had 19 trades. So I get we have this special day marked and it might not be as exciting. But when I'm looking at past trade deadlines that I can think of, none of them or very few of them have had as much excitement that I've had in these last couple of days with the amount of trades we've had. I think we just have to look at how we're going right now, this pace that we're going with, and just be so excited because Patrick Kane getting traded, no shot that would ever happen on the trade deadline, or at least a caliber of Patrick Kane. We see Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, Bo Horvat. We're going to be talking about some big names coming up here too. There's just been so much excitement that I think saying you're annoyed or, you know, people online too, not just, not just targeting you, Chase, but... A lot of people, you know, being worried that the trade deadline is going to be boring. Look at what we've just got over the last week. Like, this has been fantastic. This is, if the NHL did this more often, we wouldn't need to look forward to one singular day where it's like, okay, hopefully, you know, the NHL is boring right now, but hopefully that one day will bring some excitement. We've had excitement for the last month, and it's been fantastic. Like, it is good, but... 
they're they're going to do a whole show on the trade deadline, and they're just going to have nothing to talk about except for these past trades that have already been talked about in every column. That that's the problem with boring. I love watching um, the trade deadline shows. I love watching the free agent frenzy, and this is going to be a little less exciting in this one because it's just going to be so much old news. Unless I'm completely surprised, and there ends up being more big trades and like another 19 trades, that that would see that would be even more awesome. See a guy like Garrett Carlson move as well, um, but. It still is exciting. I'm not saying it's not exciting. It just it just means that a show that I like watching each year is going to be a little underwhelming. Yeah, that's fair. I, I guess I don't really get that perspective because the last couple I've been working and didn't really have the time to actually take a look at it. Usually I've been doing a more physical task, but now being in an office, maybe I can pull it up on the computer. But um, You should. Regardless, after we go through all these trades, let's talk about a couple of names that are still out there that are really so, that are really high on the trade market, and uh, what is the potential that we could see these guys being moved as well. But let's start way back. I mean, the first one that uh, we looked at this episode was Tanner Janot, and I think that's the first one we didn't cover on the last episode. So, did we cover Timo Meyer? Yeah, we. I just don't remember. Yeah, we covered Timo Meyer. Um, we said he was guaranteed going to the Devils. We that's right. That's right. Kind of tried to piece together. I feel like we might have gotten the official trade too at the end of the episode. But I know we talked about it. Nonetheless, we can move on. Um, then we have the likes of Isaac Ratcliffe going to the Preds for future considerations. Not something super exciting. Uh, but you do see some big capital being moved between Toronto and Chicago when it comes to Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty. Yeah, and I think this is an awesome deal for Toronto, getting Jake McCabe, who's one of the most underrated defensemen analytically in the league. Sam Lafferty, who's having a very strong season in an impactful bottom six role. A conditional fifth-round package is whatever, but you get to give up Joey Anderson, who doesn't do anything. Pavel Gogolev, who's got a chance of playing some NHL games, but will never be a full-time guy. A conditional first in 25 and a, a second-round pick in 26. I think I think it's it's a great deal. Yeah, you're giving up a first and a second, but Jake McCabe's gonna round out that decor so well. They now have probably the most sturdy decor in the league, in, in my opinion. And there's the only hole in this team, if you want to call it one, is goaltending. You just want it to be more consistent. So Toronto's finally gonna be a hard team to beat. Um it's just gonna be a little bit harder to beat them in the first round when they're still gonna eventually lose in seven. <laughs> yeah, honestly. And it it just shows exactly what we were kind of talking about earlier on in the show, that the East is really bulking up. They're trying to go for that run. They're trying to make sure that Tampa is no longer the big dog in the East. So only time will tell if that's the case or not. Let's talk about a couple more. You got Vancouver trading Josh Bloom for Riley Stillman. We talked about Edmonton and Carolina's trade with Jesse Puyarvi going to Carolina. Hey, Patrick hey, Pistola hey, going hey, to Edmonton. Hey, hey, don't move on from my boy Josh Bloomer. Uh, you know, I was, I was with him. I know, I know him. Um, good, good luck to him in Vancouver. I don't really don't get the trade for Buffalo. That's all I want to say. Okay, cool. What do you think about Patrick Pistola going to the Oilers? Yeah, I, eh, eh. Is that a good answer? Because like, I would have paid this price like if I was every team in the NHL. Honestly, take one more chance on a you know what was formerly a fourth overall pick. And someone who's still got talent, I'll give up a meddling prospect easily. Yeah. All right. Let's talk three more quickly. Uh, Henry Thrun, 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 for a Thrun. third round pick. Uh, Thrun's going to San Jose. The third round pick going to Anaheim. Minnesota so, gets Mark. Yeah. 
You want to talk about everyone? No, I'm just saying it was so random. Oh, gotcha. Uh, Marcus Johansson going to the Wild for a third round pick from Washington or to Washington, and then Pierre Engvall uh, to the Islanders from the Leafs who require or acquire a third round pick. The Leafs stay active as they trade Rasmus Sandin and get back Eric Gustafson and a 2023 first rounder. Yeah, and this was the next piece that finished up that decor for me. Rasmus Sandin, I really liked. And I think he is going to be a very good NHLer. But I can understand if you think, like, this is your cup year. You're getting a guy who's a little more solidified, who's a bit more of a needle mover. I think they're going to hurt if they don't win the cup because Rasmus Sandin is going to be a great NHL defenseman. And, you know, like Eric Gustafson's only got so much time left on the Esquak. But in the short term, um, it's it's a solid deal just for what they're looking for if they win a cup. Uh, but it would be tough if they don't win. They lose Sandin. They lose a first. Yeah, and Toronto... We missed one of their deals as they continue to bulk up that D pair by grabbing some depth with Luke Shen. That was a guy who was rumored quite often to come back to Tampa. He's going to Toronto instead. I would have really liked him to have as the extra defenseman, but it is what it is. All right, let's talk about Matthias Ekholm heading over to Edmonton. In return, Nashville gets Tyson Berry, Reed Schaefer, a first-round pick in 2023, as well as a fourth-round pick in that same draft. Ken Holland's going to Ken Holland because I really don't get this one. I like Matias Ekholm quite a bit. I get that Tyson Berry was going to be a tough re-sign, but to trade him, your previous first-round pick and Reed Schaefer, a future first-round pick this draft, and then a fourth-round pick as well for Matias Ekholm, it's puzzling because you're getting maybe a slightly better NHL defenseman and giving up two very strong young assets in terms of Schaefer and the first-round pick. I just I, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan either. Um, now let's talk about Columbus as Columbus, not one of the competing teams in the East. And you can see that because they give up Gustav Nyquist to Minnesota, get a fifth round pick back. And then they give up Vladislav Gavrikov and Jonas Corposalo and get back Jonathan Quick, a conditional first round pick in 2023, as well as a third round pick in 2024. What a stab in the heart to Jonathan Quick, a guy who put his life on the line, his blood, sweat, and tears for the LA Kings helped carry him to two Stanley Cups, played so well for so many years. He clearly did not want to be traded. His teammates did not want him to be traded. They're not in a, really in a winning window compared especially to the East. And he gets moved for a a younger goalie in Gavrikov, who I like, but they're giving up draft capital when they're still a team that's just trying to climb up um, in, in their building process. And they trade away like a franchise legend. And from all accounts, the team, like his teammates, are very unhappy. Ante Koptar had a four goal night, and he was like on the verge of tears in the locker room because John the Quick was moving. Like it, it, it wasn't really the deal that I would have made. I would have just, if you wanted to get Gavrikov, fine. I would have, you know, seen if you can get give up the first for Gavrikov and call it a day. Keep John the Quick for the rest of the year because I don't think Corpusalo makes them that much better. It's, it's just, you know, it's a tough look for John the Quick, who I think probably calls it quits after the season because he does not want to go to Columbus and he's going to be so upset with hockey and the LA Kings. He's just going to be done. Yeah. And I heard that Columbus was already looking to flip Jonathan quick because he doesn't want to be there. Um, and if that's the case, I mean, hopefully he can go to a contender. Um, but I got to agree. I mean, he's an LA Kings legend. He's the big reason. One of the big reasons that they were able to capture two cups in the early 2010s. So 
unfortunate to see him moving. I don't know if you saw the, um, I know you talked about Kopitar being upset in the locker room. If you actually saw the interview he had, you could tell he was not in a good mood whatsoever. I did not see it, but it's not even slightly surprising. I, I don't think anybody in that room was in a good mood from it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the biggest name to be traded as of recent, really this whole year, that being Patrick Kane going to the New York Rangers. And to kind of write off what I just said to John the Quick, being a franchise legend, Patrick Kane is obviously the same thing. One of the greatest players in NHL history, one of the best Americans in NHL history, and obviously one of the greatest Chicago Blackhawks of all time. But it's a different scenario as he is still a, you know, a, a very quality player. Um, defensively, he's horrendous, but you know, and offensively, he still has the ability. And I think once he gets with better teammates, he's going to flourish the rest of the year. I think he's going to have a hell of a playoff run as long as they keep rolling. So it's different than what the Kings did because Kane was, you know, looking to go out and try to compete for another cup to end his career where Quick wanted to just, you know, stay with the, in the place that he loved. But the return they got is kind of better than I thought they might have gotten, even though it's still like for Patrick Kane, the name, it's still steel. Um, it was a three-team trade that included the Coyotes. The Coyotes got a little bit of compensation to retain some cap, but um, the Blackhawks get Andrew Lenski, a conditional second-round pick, which can become a first in 2023, and a fourth-round pick in 2025. Um, and then they also got Billy Sirioffi from the Coyotes for the Coyotes getting a third-round pick. It, it, it was it, it was a great deal all around, I think, because you're not giving up a ton, especially if you go on a run like the first-round pick would have to, or the second turning into a first would have to be for the Rangers. You're still getting a legend, Patrick Kane, going to you know increase ticket sales, increase jersey sales. So more than just the hockey, it's great for the business. And I, I think this deal works out for everybody since Chicago damn well knew he was not returning. Yeah, love to see it out of – well, I mean, I was going to say love to see it out of the Rangers because they can actually help Patty Kane go on and try to capture a championship. But being a Bolts podcast, it's hard to say you're happy that your competition just got better. But – Going to be interesting to see how it works out with him and the Rangers. I'm excited to see that first game. It's going to be a little weird seeing him in blue rather than red, but it's going to be interesting nonetheless. It's going to be really weird. All right, Colorado, they go out and get Lars Eller. Washington retains 31% of his cap as well as getting a second-round pick from Colorado. What do you think about this one? I think Washington got great value in return. Lars Eller, obviously still a very quality NHL forward, but at the same time, Washington's not like really in the race with these other Eastern conference teams. And they understand it. They still can, they're still a legitimate playoff team and OV can still do OV things and help carry them. But they understand that, you know, we need, we need some draft capital. So in the summer we can either trade up and get some talent or we can trade away and get some talent. And I think that's what they're going to be doing. So hats off to, to the you know Washington Capitals organization for kind of understanding that and making the moves that I would also make. Yeah, they did a good job getting rid of Dmitry Orlov, getting some good capital there. Same with Lars Eller. Now, they did trade away their first-round pick with Gustafson to get Sandine. However, Sandine's yeah. been a really formidable uh, young defenseman so far with the Leafs playing some great time um, for those you know top six D-man minutes. So if they can really help him evolve his game and become even more... Um, proficient at his game, that'll be a good acquire as well. Absolutely. All right, let's now acquisition. I just, you know, I, I knew what so, you meant. I wasn't even going to bother. Sorry, the, the the words just came to me. But uh, we got three more to cover. Let's first look at Vancouver getting Philip Ronick 
from Detroit, and then we can talk about the two Arizona trades after. Good for Detroit, man. Phil Peronick having a career year. Going to command too much money next offseason when he wants an extension. Detroit ends up getting a conditional first-round pick, which unless the conditions finally came out, I still haven't seen them. And so that first-round pick in 2023, a second-round pick in 2023, I, I think that's a great return for Detroit just to get Phil Peronick in a fourth because I have never been a Phil Peronick fan. I think he's horrible offensively. Sure, he's finally scoring, but I don't believe he can do it long-term. So Vancouver, what are you doing? I don't understand. You're, you're selling off your team and you go out and add a guy who's having a career year who is probably going to get overpaid. It puzzling to me. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of surface level fans, um, especially Vancouver fans are going to see this and see Philip Ronick really scoring at an unreal pace right now and think, man, this is quite the deal for them. But like you mentioned, when you look at them analytically defensively, he doesn't really shape up to be that type of guy. Right now, 38 points on the season, that's awesome. But to give up that much capital, a little bit crazy. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And then Arizona, they go out and get a third-round pick for Shane Gostaspear, as well as they get rid of Jacob Chikron for a 2023 first-round pick a conditional, well, conditional first round pick, a conditional second round pick in 2024, and then a guaranteed second round pick in 2026 as Chick Run is on his way to Ottawa. Yeah, so first of all, I got the Gospier one. I think it's a nice, good, you know, sixth pair depth defenseman for the Hurricanes, someone who still drives some offense, who's having a good year, good couple of years in Arizona. I'm happy that he can go somewhere and compete. But moving on to the one everyone cares about. They were holding out so long to get the same return that Phil Perona got, really. I don't understand. It's a little confusing. Um, yeah, you, you want to trade the guy who wants to be out and is, you know is going to leave once he's able to. So he gets to go to you know a different organization, different market. He couldn't control where he went because he doesn't have a no-trade clause since he's still an RFA-eligible player. But I don't, it, it's just it's weird. I, wouldn't, I probably would have wanted more if I was Arizona, and I, I don't know if – like. Ottawa needs to do that right now. I, yeah, they they won the last couple of games, but are they like a threat? Like, no, not really. You're getting a young guy, but at the same time, if you could have given up like prospects instead, some prospects who like like a Riley Gregg type prospect who I like and I think he's going to be an NHL player, but I think there's better pieces to be had in these next couple of drafts where you could probably could have avoided a first round pick. I, I don't know. This is just me kind of moving things out there. It's obviously great getting Jacob Chickron, but it just seemed like a weird deal to me. Yeah, and Jay Fresh, he thought that's all. That's all Ottawa had to give up to get Jacob Chikrin. Um, But I do have a Darren Drager tweet that kind of talks about that case uh, that you were just mentioning. And that's that Arizona was initially asking for two first-round pick, two first-round picks, and then either, like you mentioned, Riley Gregg, or I think it's, is it Maxime Sogard? It's Matt Sogard, M-A-T-S. Okay, Matt Sogard. So they're asking for two firsts and either one of those prospects. And Dorian said no. And Dorian was holding out, holding out, holding out. And he finally Which he should have said no too, by the way. Yeah, and he finally got this deal to go through. Conditional first, conditional second, and a second. So um, hats off to him to, you know, holding out. If they were sold on Chick Run, they were going to go try to get him no matter what. So to hold out on that first deal, which you would have lost even more, and to be able to still bring him onto the team for less, that's huge. 
Yeah, and I do think he's going to help long term. It's just I don't I don't know. I, I would I I would have given up a, a prospect like Riley Greig and said honestly, like, I still think he's good. I, I do, but I, I just like these next couple drafts. I would like to hold on to draft picks for sure. All right, well let's quickly talk about a couple of names that we could still see moved before the deadline, which is Friday. Um, this is the last show before the deadline, so. Um, let's talk about a couple. We know Eric Carlson. That's a big name that's out there. Um, Brock Besser has been rumored here and there as well. John Kleinberg, another name. Any of these type of guys you could see moving by Friday? So, no, I really don't think so. I, I think that if anyone moves, it'd be John Klingberg. I, I just, it doesn't seem like Eric Carlson's going to get traded, which sucks. It might be more of an off-season deal. So teams have a little more open cap, and you have an extra 10 mil in the offseason. So I kind of expect that, that to happen. So if one's going, it's going to be Klingberg. But one name you did not mention who I think is officially now as good as gone would be Tyler Bertuzzi. Now that the Wings have traded Philip Aronik and signed Larkin to a big extension, which we'll talk about in a minute, I, I think he's like as good as gone for almost whatever they can get in return, which I think will still be a decent price based on what we've seen. Yeah, and... Uh... That'll be an interesting look because uh, Bertuzzi kind of has a little bit of a history behind him. I think generally he was seen as like a fifth, sixth round prospect. The wins go out and get him in the second round. He's played really well with the wins, played up to that value, but as of recent, been nonstop in those trade rumors. So to see him depart from Detroit, which is where his dad retired, I believe, right? Uncle. Uncle. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, where he retired, though. So who knows? Maybe we see him go somewhere that is Uncle Boyd, like Vancouver or something like that. Maybe. That, that'd be cool. All right. Well, it's going to be hopefully an exciting next two days. Um, regardless, super happy with all the trades that have happened thus far. Chase and I have talked about how we, we do GMO challenges on NHL 23. And I haven't done like any of them that we've started, but now with all these moves taking place, I can't wait to actually get the new trade deadline roster and start it going. But uh, last but not least, Chase, let's talk about Dylan Larkin. He goes out, gets that big contract from Detroit. Uh, You were a little indifferent about it. Yeah, I think it's too much money. Dylan Larkin to me is only doing what he's doing because he's fast and has like no choice but to play so many minutes because of how bad the wings, you know, kind of center core is. I think he's better off as a really strong second line center, but whatever. He's the captain of the team. He is scoring well. So eight by 8.75, it's just a little rich for me. We don't see a lot of these speed guys last long in their career. Um, Maybe we're at the point where those exceptions begin to happen and it becomes more of a norm because we're seeing a lot more speed guys. Well, they've, they've tended to break down quicker over the years, and it, it's just a little concerning for the Wings because if he does break down, it, we see it happen, you know, early 30s for those types of guys. And if so, that's a hell of a deal to be stuck with. Uh, you, you kind of just explained Connor McDavid in the beginning there. I can't lie. He's only doing what he's doing because he's fast and yeah, he has yeah. to play so many minutes. True. True. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that too. Yeah. Um, you know, D Boss, he goes and gets his bag. Happy for him. We'll see how it works out for Detroit. Um, they've got some talented gun players, but I think when we looked at them last year, 
we saw some real nice promise out of the likes of Raymond and Sider. I feel like overall the progression that the Wings made last year, not saying that they took a step back from last year, but at least when it comes to the progression they made from the year prior, uh, it seems it slowed a little bit. So I think they still have some time before they really get some big contracts on the books. Now, again, this D-Boss contract's longer, so it's going to hurt a little bit, but I think they're still looking for some more talent before they go out and start giving big contracts. They tried to win for too long this year, and they realized they weren't good enough and the East was too good, and they kind of screwed themselves out of what's going to be a high draft pick unless they really lose out and get lucky with the lottery. So kind of, that one was kind of a tough look by Stevie Y. I didn't like his offseason for Detroit. I didn't I didn't like the moves. Um it's the first time that, you know, even as, as Tampa fans, even as Red Wing fans, it's the first time that I started really kind of questioning what he was doing with, with the Costa draft pick uh, starting. And then the offseason, I just didn't really like it. It's kind of some unnecessary pieces. So kind of kind of realizing now that the East is too strong, they can't really compete. And now they're shipping off whatever the, for whatever they can get. Yeah, interesting. Is, is this where Stevie Y is getting a little bit older and he's pulling a Ken Holland? I, I'm not going that far because Ken <laughs> Holland is the worst GM in NHL history. All right, let's finish it off with hockey name of the day. We got McGregor Sinclair. Yeah, I, I just like that name. It wasn't hard to pronounce, I know, but I just really like the name. So our boy McGregor, he is a 24-year-old forward turning 25 this year. He's from Alberta, played NCAA hockey, most recently NCAA D3 with Wisconsin Superior. They're a very respectable NCAA D3 program. Um, they you know turn out some pros. Just recently signed to the East Coast Hockey League with the Kansas City Mavericks. Previously played at Canisius, which is NCAA D1, for really a season. The other season, he didn't play anything um, during COVID. But, I, you know, that's a solid guy. I think he's going to be a decent pro. Maybe play a couple years in the coast. Maybe get an NHL call up or two. Maybe go to Europe. Kind of depends what he wants to do with his hockey career. Yeah, and it's an easy link for me. Seeing McGregor, how can you not think Connor McGregor? So uh, immediately thought that when I saw the name. But that's going to do it for the show. want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, if you would, hit him with an outro. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, it's at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, go follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. Make sure to go to HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the Podcast Network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns. Whatever you do, do not forget to use code THBN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.